This is the Italian Real Estate Podcast, here to help you with the ins and outs and basics of Italian real estate presented by ItalianRealEstateLawyers.com. Hello there and welcome to another edition of the Italian Real Estate Podcast presented by ItalianRealEstateLawyers.com. Of course, we are back at it again with Italian attorney Marco Permunian. How are you doing today? Good, how are you? I am doing great, thank you. And of course, I'm Rafael Di Furian. In today's episode, we wanted to talk a little bit about long-term rentals in Italy as a non-Italian. We will not be talking about renting an Airbnb uh, or the transitorio contracts that you can find or any type of short-term contracts in Italy. We are going to be talking about some of the intricacies involved with the long-term contracts that you can find in the country. So Marco, uh, I'll let you get started off with this episode. Um, what do you think are some of the most important things that people should understand uh, before entering into these contracts that are maybe a little bit different or unique uh, from what a person may be accustomed to? Of course, as you just mentioned, we're going to be talking about somebody who wants to live in Italy long term. So somebody who wants to make Italy their home, somebody whose intention is to find a property for rent and in, and to keep it long term. And I believe the probably most important piece of information is that the market is very different from the uh, market in the US, but also the way in which you enter into a contract and the requirements to enter into a contract are very different from the requirements that you would find in other countries like the US. What I'd say entering into a rental agreement is in general easier, a little bit easier, more straightforward, there are less requirements, less bureaucracy. Now, when you are looking to rent in Italy, you need a number of things. You will need a tax code, a fiscal code that you can apply for through the Italian consulate and the application process can take a number of weeks. So make sure that you uh, get started uh, way before your intended date of relocation to Italy. And then if you are a non-Italian citizen, you will need a residency permit, so a permission to stay, which you can apply for um, in Italy upon arrival as long as you obtained a long-term visa through the Italian embassy prior to your relocation to Italy. And then among the documents required by the landlord or the real estate agency, if you're using one, which of course will be the middleman um, with regard to the transaction, um, documents required are um, documents related to your income. So the landlord will most likely ask you to uh, show your income. And when you don't have an Italian income, things are a little bit more difficult, meaning that it could be more challenging to be able to rent that specific property uh, just because you don't have Italian income. There are a few reasons behind that. So first of all, a landlord will be not all the times, but more frequently, less inclined to assess and review documents in English and regarding uh, foreign income rather than Italian income. So in other words, it would be probably easier in comparison for an Italian in the same exact situation to rent that apartment just because the income is in Italy and the documents, the financial documents that you would present to the owner are in Italian. but also a landlord is going to be less inclined to accept um, foreign income as guarantee uh, that you will be paying your uh, rent going forward 
just because for the owner, it's going to be less ideal to be able to recover the funds in a different country rather than Italy in case uh, the rent is not paid. And of course, I'm not trying to scare anybody here. It's going to be possible in a number of situations to uh, for a foreigner to be able to rent a property in Italy. I'm just talking about the average situation, what normally happens and what to expect from a landlord when you go and ask to um, enter into a rental agreement if you are a non-Italian um, citizen residing abroad. Of course, if you are a non-Italian citizen residing in Italy, uh, if you have an Italian income, it's going to be way easier for you to be able to rent a property in Italy just because your income is in Italy. And, um, you know, for a landlord, it's going to be very difficult in Italy to evict somebody who doesn't pay the rent, which is the reason why a lot of landlords, they want to be extremely sure uh, beyond uh, any reasonable doubt that you will be effectively paying your rent going forward. That's why they uh, spend a lot of time reviewing these financial documents, because if you don't pay the rent in Italy, the eviction process is long, is expensive for the landlord, and a lawyer needs to be involved. Uh, there will be a court process. So it's a lot of expenses for the landlord, which is something that most landlords want to avoid. So what is the ideal situation for an Italian landlord to be able to rent their properties to somebody? Well, normally they like open-ended contracts. So somebody who has a work contract and the contract is open-ended. In Italy, uh, somebody who doesn't have an open-ended contract is basically um, always at risk of being uh, let go or that the contract will not be renewed. But on the other hand, if you have an open-ended contract, uh, the so-called contratto a tempo indeterminato, uh, then there is basically no risk that you will be let go because in Italy, uh, it is not possible to let people go at will. So if you um, present yourself to the owner of the apartment as somebody who has an open-ended contract, that will probably be the um, key difference between you and somebody else who doesn't have an open-ended contract. And uh, also owners, when it comes to a, uh, two people renting, so a couple, they very much like to both have an open-ended contract uh, if they are um, employees. And of course, if you are a professional who is not an employee, uh, you can show your income statements. And if your income is um, high or average, then you will have no problems renting that specific apartment. And it only becomes a problem when your income, when your Italian income as a professional is relatively low. So what happens if you don't meet these requirements? How are you going to be able to rent uh, an apartment long term? Well, there are several um, ways of going around uh, the problem if you don't meet these requirements. For example, you could have somebody uh, to co-sign the lease with you, somebody that acts as your uh, guarantor. That's, for example, a very popular solution for young students who have their parents uh, co-sign their lease, or it could be, for example, to pay uh, a number of months in advance. So if you have the funds, but you don't have the income, you might want to decide to just offer the landlord to pay uh, a year in advance. And let's not forget that uh, the landlord in Italy, uh, almost all of them will ask you to pay about three months of security deposit besides the first uh, month. So you're going to have to pay for four months, regardless, even if you are entering into the most basic 
uh, rental agreement. So four months worth of rent is what is necessary in a normal situation to be able to get the, the contract going. And on top of that, you may have to uh, budget the real estate agency fees because if you used one, they will most likely uh, request that you pay the equivalent of one rent plus VAT. That's a very important detail right there to remember about how much you actually need to be able to get into the apartment because that could be something that can be um, a bit of a shock for some people, especially for people coming from uh, the ideas of another system in place and to see how everything is put together in Italy. But one other factor that I think is really important for people to be able to understand is how long these contracts are for. When we're talking about like a normal term contract, it's not like we're talking about a six month or a one year contract or even a two year contract. So Marco, could you tell us a little bit more about the normal term length of a contract in Italy? Yes, normally you start with a four years contract, which can be renewed for an additional four years. If you don't give notice to terminate the contract uh, once the first four years have passed or most people enter into a three plus two rental agreement meaning that after three years you can renew the agreement for another two years so as you can see we're talking about relatively long contracts which is why landlords they want to be sure of the person who is going to be living in the apartment basically what they don't want is a lot of uh, turnover so basically they will prefer somebody who is going to be stable in the apartment somebody who like a family or a professional who has a reason to be in that specific city and that can presumably be in the apartment for as long as possible and you can also expect to be asked these questions like why are you here for how long are you going to be here for where do you work uh, because landlords, they don't like a lot of turnover, meaning that it's uh, for them not easy to register and deregister the rental agreements that you know now need to be registered by law. There's a fee associated with the registration. Uh, even if it's not huge, it's a process. So it's normally about 70 euros for the landlord and 70 euros for the uh, person who uh, goes to live in the apartment. Uh, but still, you know, now with these fees, it's even more. Uh, important for landlords to have somebody who's going to be able to stay in the apartment long term. Yeah, it definitely makes sense with the, the various aspects of the process to get someone in and someone out that someone that the landlord would want to make sure that they don't have to go through that every year because it's not quite as simple as uh, you might find in other parts of the world. And even talking about even simplicity, there are going to be certain aspects of also the process as well that might not be quite what you would expect in North America, for example, like um, being able to sign a contract, a rental contract on the spot is not necessarily the norm. And sometimes you can even have a little bit going back and forth between some of the terms in the contract or even the pricing in the contract or how various aspects will go. Not that that's always going to be happening, but that is definitely something within the realm of possibility. Yeah, it's definitely a process, a much more complicated process that probably um people from america would expect just because they are over there like you just said it's it's very easy in italy uh exactly as you just said you can expect to go back and forth with the owner or the agency for a week 10 days two yeah. weeks before you're able yeah. to enter into the contract uh normally the process starts with a formal offer that you submit to the agency um and normally you attach a check uh for the first rent that the 
um, owner can deposit basically into their account if they're going to choose you as their tenant. And right now it's a landlord's market. So a landlord normally receives a number of offers from several potential tenants. So they're normally in a position to be able to choose who their tenant is going to be. And that's why you submit an offer normally and you just wait. You wait to be contacted by the agency or the landlord. Um, normally they're like, I want to meet you. I want to know who you are. I want to talk to you. Uh, let's meet in the agency's office. I want to know for how long you're going to be in town. And these kind of questions are normally asked very frequently. So the process is definitely different from uh, what we can see and find in other countries and more complex. Yes, most definitely. That was definitely, I can remember, uh, you actually uh, helped me with my last two contracts in Italy with getting them all set up and everything. And even I remember the last one we were sitting and talking about, it's like, this has been going on almost three weeks already. Why don't they just make their minds up? Because it was first they sent the contract that they wanted, and then we sent the response back, and then the response is like it just kept going going on and on. It's like, all right, let's just get this finished already. <laughs> it was even on Italian terms, I think, a bit on the long side. Yeah, and the same goes for utilities. When it comes to uh setting up utilities, you have to start in advance. So you can't practically speaking in italy expect to sign the lease and move into the apartment the next days uh that could be an exception uh if the utilities are already set up and the landlords allows you to move in and in the meantime uh change the utilities to your name but otherwise if the utilities are not activated and if you have to activate uh, water and electricity that can take up to two weeks uh in a normal situation so again another complexity that makes the process of renting in italy very peculiar and very specific Yes, it's definitely, while it is maybe a little peculiar and may sound daunting to some people, it's still within the realm of possibility. This is not like people don't do this. This is just the norm of the system that exists in Italy. And even, for example, the, the last location that I moved to in Italy, um, I had a couple of weeks overlap in between to be able to get my internet, my electricity, water all switched from one place to another or even canceling one contract, opening up a new one. Again, even you guys at ItalianRealEstateLawyers.com ended up being the ones who helped me to get through that. And I don't know how I would have done it without you guys because, I mean, it's complicated enough in your own language but there's so many little details and you need this code and that code and then you need to go to the reader for the for the the the, the meter rather for the for the electric and find the meter for the water and find all of these little details that can end up being a little bit hectic to have to take care of at the same time so that's one thing that even though it can be a little bit hectic having someone there along the way and this is I'm saying this in a very general sense that having someone there to hold your hand and to be there for you, especially when it is in another country and it is uh, in another language from your own native language, can be very helpful. Even if, for example, the landlord is a native speaker or a non-native speaker, but still speaks your same language, there can be these little complications in between because even my last two landlords in Italy both spoke English. And even though we could communicate verbally between us, there were these complications that have to do with just how the system works in Italy that um, would be 
maybe a little tricky otherwise. But the last thing that I think we should quickly touch on is that some people may be wanting to know about if they enter into, say, one of these three plus two years or four plus four year contracts, what are the termination terms within the contract? Is it even possible to terminate one of these contracts to be able to leave a contract early? Or even when you get to this three year mark or the four year mark, this initial period, how does that work to exit the contract? So while for the landlord, it is only possible to terminate the contract or actually decide not to proceed with the contract further uh, after the four years mark or the three years mark, um, the tenant is very much protected in Italy. So basically, um, that means that the tenant can decide to terminate the agreement earlier, but the landlord can't. So from this point of view, the tenant is protected. However, it will be probably uh, surprising for most people to know that the uh, norm is to include in the agreement a provision where the tenant can terminate the agreement early at any point, but they need to give a six-month termination notice, which is not insignificant. So if you're planning on leaving your apartment, you need to be able to tell the landlord six months in advance through certified mail or PEC, and we talked about the PEC in other episodes. It's a certified email that exists only in Italy. But anyway, you need to send a termination notice via an official mean of communication, so a certified letter or certified email. And from that moment, you start counting six months, which means you have to pay the rent for the um, um, six months after the termination is giving, given, and you need to um, pay in full those six months, meaning that you can't expect unless it otherwise agreed in that moment by the landlord to be able to deduct the rent from the security deposit that will need to be returned to you after you uh, leave the apartment. Normally what happens is that the landlord asks you to pay the rent for those six months and then after you leave, they will be returning the security deposit within 30 days from the date in which you moved out. And that's because they will want to access the apartment to make sure that there are no damages to the property. There will be some situations where some landlords will accept a three months or even two months, more rarely, termination notice for an early termination of the agreement by the landlord. I'm sorry, the tenant. But that's a very rare uh, situation. Three months is really not that common. Two months is way less common even. Um, but uh, six months is generally the norm. And maybe just, Marco, if you don't mind my adding on just one maybe exception to this norm, this uh, like kind of a little thing that can be done, like a practical exception. What I have actually had experience with personally was that I was moving from one part of Italy to another, but I was very fortunate in Merano, where I was previously living, that is very difficult to get apartments there for rent, at least at the time when I was living there, and I would assume it's still the same now, um, that if you do find yourself in an area like that, you might be able to have some flexibility with your landlord and to make an arrangement with them kind of outside of your contract, but still good to have things in writing, um, but maybe to even speak with them ahead of time and then make the written arrangements after the fact that they would be willing to let you out of the contract if you, for example, will um, help them to find someone new that you handle that, like my apartment in that I had in Merano, uh, the agreement that I had with the landlord there was that I would advertise the apartment and get people coming in. And so I posted it on a local Facebook group or a few local Facebook groups. And that was probably for 
I don't know, about four days, about five people, six people, seven people a day coming to see the apartment. And so I was in a great position to be able to get out of that contract, to be able to get someone in and to take that over. Um, so that might be one thing that you always could take into consideration depending on where you are and depending on your level of um, ability to navigate within the local systems. I mean, you, you can do things on Facebook, on Idealista or whatever different uh, message boards that may exist locally. Um, so even though, again, it's not the norm, there are sometimes exceptions to the exceptions within the system. So sometimes it's about being creative and how you can offer something to the landlord that may be attractive to them, even if it's not ideal, that could end up being mutually beneficial. Yes, that's absolutely correct. That's a very practical alternative to the norm of course you're gonna have to get the consent from your landlord so the landlord needs to be interested in this option but if they are that's definitely a good way to go right because it's not guaranteed that they will be like i said you will definitely want to talk to them about it beforehand before you start going through because it's not going to be like all of a sudden oh like I have this person for you to rent, but maybe they don't want to have another person and maybe they're not going to be interested because you also could find maybe a few options and then just pass them along and allow for the landlord to choose because you don't necessarily want to or need to be the person making that choice. But Marco, I think this is going to be a great place to round out this episode. So of course, if anybody needs help with moving to Italy or finding their rental in Italy, how can they get in contact with you and your team? People can contact us through our website, italianrealestatelawyers.com, or give us a call or phone number is on the website. Absolutely fantastic. And of course, if you're interested in more information about buying in Italy, renting in Italy, or where to find your property in Italy, be sure that you are subscribed to the YouTube channel as well as the audio-only podcast. But of course, if you're subscribed to the YouTube channel, that means you're automatically subscribed to the Italian Citizenship Podcast. And also, if you're interested in more discussions about life abroad and living abroad, living abroad as a dual citizen expat, be sure to come over to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash or you can search for Not Your Average Globetrotter, both for the YouTube channel and the audio-only podcast. But Mr. Marco Permunian from ItalianRealEstateLawyers.com, thank you so much for making yourself available for this episode of the Italian Real Estate Podcast. I'm Rafael Di Furia. Stay safe and healthy, and we will see you all next time. Later. Thank you. Thank you.